Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Hello to all the Marbleheads out there on this, our 68th episode of In the Marbles. I'm Matt Beamer, joined as always by Preston Lude. Preston, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Good, man. Uh, how's how's life? Uh, Busy. Busy? Okay. As well, always? Yeah. Busy. I mean, I don't know. It, I thought that maybe with a new year, things would... No. no. It, it always picks up. The older you get, the more it's going to pick up and keep going and it feels get crazier. Like, it, just, it feels like I don't have time, ever. No, you do have time. You have time to do in the marbles. Well, yeah. But which is great. <laughs> and we're so glad that you could join us here for our 68th episode, like I said. We got a lot to talk about today. What we're going to cover is our expectations of the 2021 season, not just for NASCAR and Formula One, but for Indy, all three major series and auto racing. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you're doing well. Everything's well. Life's good. 2020 is behind us. We're getting ready. We're about 30-something days away from on-track activity at Daytona with the Clash. It's going to be interesting. A few months after that, it's going to be Formula One in Indy. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't either, man. It's been a long off-season, and it's even then. It's not just a short off. It's not a crazy off-season like the NFL or anything. No. It's like three months, but feels like forever. Yeah, it's, you know, we're... Usually it's not that many months in between, but I mean, like those two to three months just feel like the longest months of your life. No, they just, really do. Just like waiting for racing. Just just withdrawals, <laughs> doing everything you can. And we're so glad that you're here joining us, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your regular podcast platform. 
If you're a race fan, this is where you want to be. This is where you should be. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of opinions to get to. It's going to be going great. But, hey, you just mentioned before the show that you started a new season in Formula One. Yes, I did. I decided to do a new career. So how's that going? Well, race number one, Australia. Uh, (laughs) So I have the difficulty. I still haven't gotten around to racing completely manual. But when you're racing automatic, you can still... You can still shift on your own if you wanted. Right. So I'm still kind of practicing on that. But I had the difficulty. I wanted to go with a challenge. I didn't go with Williams. I decided to go with Alfa Romeo. And I qualified dead last because their performance is like second to last next to Williams. Right. In the game. So qualified dead last. I made up some good positions on the start. I was up to like 11th. And then <laughs> I put strict corner cutting on. So it's not just corner cutting. It's if you exit too far off the track, you know, just if your wheels go too far off, you can get a, a warning for it. Okay. You get two warnings. The third warning, you get a time penalty. Well, I got four time penalties. I got 12 seconds altogether wow. by the end of the race, and I was doing 50% race. So it was like 29 laps. Wow. I was trying my best, but it was uh, I was just trying to get too much of the car off of every corner. And yeah. I finished... 12th, but after time penalties, it was like 18th. So or you 17th. really finished 18th? Yeah. Okay. Not good. Not bummer, good at dude. all. Well, if it helps any, I haven't done iRacing in a long time. And it's been a bummer because I really want to, but I just haven't had time. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't really had really time either. I just, I found some time the other day to finally do the, finally race. And I got to do race, uh, I got to race Bahrain. I think it was two nights ago. I did better than that. I finished 11th. Oh, good. Ahead of Charles DeClaire. Good. So you finished you finish ahead of the Ferrari, which isn't a big feat apparently these days. <laughs> no, you, but it's you, you not. still finish ahead of the Ferrari. <laughs> I feel like that game should like throw in updates where they update the competition in general, like the teams. Because when you choose a team, it shows you where they are in terms of performance. Of course, Mercedes is all the way up here, but you know, it gives you a list all the way down. Ferrari's like fourth or fifth. And I'm just like nope. not in real life. Not, not in real life. <laughs> no. Well, that's what next year's game is for. That's yeah, what, exactly. You know, that's why you have to buy next year's game. <laughs> I'm glad it's going well, Preston. Hope everything's going well out there for everybody else. And it seems like a good a time as now as any to get into the news of auto racing. I've only found one. Oh. But it's a big one. Okay. And it has to deal with your realm. So let's get into the news. And as always, the news here at the Marbles right now is presented by Fubo. Fubo, a proud partner with the Unhinged Sports Network and in the Marbles cut the cord with expensive cable and satellite contracts and go with Fubo at a TV streaming service where you can get all your popular channels that you want for half the price. So head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab. And way at the bottom there, there's a link to Fubo, and that will take you directly to that site, and you go sign up for a seven-day free trial. And you might just be hooked, Preston. Might just be hooked. It's a well good deal. So go ahead and check that out over there and in the Marvel.net for Fubo. The, the news. The one piece of news that I have. Formula One. This comes in your neck awards there, Preston. Formula One to possibly postpone the Australian Grand Prix in March. A release from Formula One saying, and this is from Sky Sports. Sky Sports understands the Australian Grand Prix is set to be postponed until later in the year due to strict strict new quarantine restrictions in Melbourne. The Bahrainian Grand Prix set for March 28th is expected to replace the expected to replace Australia, sorry, as the season opener. Melbourne is preparing to host its first major international event in almost a year in February with the Australian 
Open Tennis Tournament, and the Victorian government, I'm guessing that's like the state right there, mm-hmm. has made a 14-day quarantine mandatory for all personnel. Sounds a lot like New York. That's why we didn't race Watkins Glen this year. It is believed F1 would be subject to the same rules, and a fair Formula One Grand Prix will be unviable in those conditions. So what that's pretty much saying to me is, there's no way we could do Melbourne and stay there for two weeks and not be able to compete in the rest of that we need to do in the season. That's unfortunate, Preston. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> first of all, it's called it's uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm not, <laughs> sorry. I'm not Australian. <laughs> Neither am I, but. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Melbourne, but Melbourne's pretty good, too, I guess. Oh, I tried. Um, you know, I don't know. See, this. <sighs> It's going to be a little bit tough this year. We know that COVID is still around, and I've heard rumors of like parts of Australia where people aren't even allowed to leave their homes unless they're going to the store, and that's it. Right? Like it's like really bad over there. It's almost as bad as like the UK. The UK has like five different tiers you can be in, and there are parts of the UK where they're in like tier four, which is pretty darn like on lockdown. So it kind of worries me that like not only this, but I mean, what about Silverstone? Right. I mean, we won't know until we kind of get closer to right. that. When so we get closer to that, yeah. What this is saying to me, I really don't want to say it, but I feel like it's just going to get canceled altogether, honestly, unless they find a – I mean, maybe they'll find a week in there to um, – because, you know, they say they're going to postpone it right now. Maybe they'll find a week in there later in the year to put it in, but – I don't know. Well, I guess we just have to wait and see. Well, that's unfortunate, too, because I really enjoy the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, so do I. I missed it last year, obviously, with everybody else. I missed it very much so. But I think think that would have been a fun kind of get back to normalcy. Yeah. A sign of normalcy because Daytona is still going on for NASCAR. St. Petersburg is still going on for Indy. Now, Australia might not be going on, and that's not Formula One's fault. It's country to country, just right. like here in the United States. It's state to state. Depending on where you go, that's what it's going to be like. So you can't really blame Formula One for this. This is, And you can't really blame Australia either. They're still yeah. going out there. We're not out of the woods yet. We're getting better. It's mm-hmm. getting closer, I feel, but it's not there yet. But that's up to the Australian government to decide. And they decided, hey, we'd rather have tennis than Formula One. Mm. Just saying. But, I guess they're but, trying to say that tennis is more popular. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think so either. But that's a matter of opinion. We're not going to get into that. But, hey, <laughs> 33 more days until the Bush Class at Daytona Road Course. That's going to be a lot of fun, and at least we'll have that going on here in the next month. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really too keen on this whole road course with the Bush Clash, but, hey, that's just one man's opinion, so... Well, no, I hear you, and we will get more into that in our expectations here. But, hey, I tell you what, before we do that, we're going to go ahead and listen to a Teespring read and some show plugs from the Unhinged Sports Network. This is In the Marbles, and we'll be right back after these messages. All right, Matt, before we move on to our next segment, I just want to remind everybody out there of our uh, online store, In the Marbles store. If you go to inthemarbles.net under the Merch tab, you can find it. Or if you just head to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles, you can pick up all kinds of merch. We got t-shirts, hoodies, oh, very nice. mugs, all for the new year to get ready for the new season. That's right, man. So we want you 
fans out there to buy in the Marvel stuff, rock it, support the show. And uh, from now until the end of January, we're running at a special discount code. You want to know what that discount code is? What is the discount code? Unhinged. Oh, very nice. For 10% off, we're going to celebrate the Unhinged Sports Network and uh, the growing success that it has also. So be sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network and give that a like as well. But from now until the end of January, 10% off, discount code Unhinged, and that's at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or if you just head on over to our website in the marbles.net go under the merch tab and you can find it there right away very nice all right the moment we've been waiting for for this show our expectations for the 2021 season not just for nascar but for formula one and indy as well been looking forward to this for a while. We'll get more into the predictions and what we expect each competitor to do in follow in later episodes. But right now, this is really just a hey. What what are you as a fan, or we as a fan, in our opinions on what the the um season might bring for NASCAR Formula One and Indy? And Preston, I'm going to leave it up to you. What are we going to start off with? Um. We'll go NASCAR first. Okay, we're going to go NASCAR first. I'll, let, I'll throw it to you again. Me or you start? I can start. Okay, go ahead, man. Um, let, let's let's see what you got here for this because I, I've been this – is, this is a kind of good way. This is kind of a debate episode, but at the same time, hey, let's see what each other has to think about this. So yeah, so – Hit my, the ground running. My first one is it's an expectation, but it's I, I guess you could kind of say it's almost like a prediction at the same time. But it has to do with Hendrick Motorsports. Okay. And I expect – the five car and that five team to come out and hit the ground running and with, make it look like they're not uh, even going to miss Larson. Yep. Yeah, man. I didn't even have Kyle Larson on my list. I think, I, I think, I think this is, I wouldn't say it's a start over for him, but this is, it's time to come back and prove himself more. You know, right. he, he did what he had to do to get back in and you know, that's great and all, but focusing on the racing aspect of it, I really think this five team is going to do something this year. I, d- I expect Hendrick Motorsports to be firing all cylinders at this point. I would hope so because you want to see that team do well. The five car has such a history with Hendrick Motorsports, mainly with Terry Labonte. Yeah. But then with Mark Martin as well. Kyle Casey Bush. Casey Kane. Kyle Bush started in it. So it has a heck of a history there. And who knows? Maybe it will exceed expectations. But they're still looking for a sponsor. They're not sponsored yet, and it's, it's, I think it's going to take that one sponsor to take a chance with Kyle Larson, given his history. Not a bad history. He made a mistake. Yeah, we've discussed that a lot on Kyle Busch that escalate or Kyle Larson that escalated quickly a few uh, like a year ago. But I think it's just going to be up to the sponsors. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hendrick's going to pocket out all that money for that. It's just gonna, it's just going to be a lot of money. I don't think they will have. A very tough time finding a sponsor. Somebody's going to want to jump on board there. Right. Somebody's going to want to, but it yeah. just all depends on who, who wants to jump on right. board with Kyle Larson at that. But that's a very good one, man. Good way to start it off. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I went from five to one. Okay. So this is my fifth expectation. NASCAR needs to find a way in 2021 to fill the stands. I understand there's still a pandemic going on. I understand that whole aspect. But once this whole thing settles down and the restrictions are lifted on gatherings and all that stuff, NASCAR, I think, needs to find a way to get fans back into the seats and do it fast. We got a new car coming out in 2022. We got a lot of new events coming up this year. 
And I think the sooner they can find a way, once all the restrictions up, and of course it's state by state, it just depends on where you go, can get those restrictions up. Get fans back in the stands, get fans back camping, and enjoy not only that, the race, but the race weekend. Mm-hmm. And everything and all the bells and whistles included with it. We talked about it with Connor Daly last episode where he said, if you just throw everybody out there and race, you take away 90% of the weekend. Yep. Practices, qualifying, the experience of being on a racetrack. It's going to take, I think, a little bit more time with this COVID. But I think NASCAR needs to find a way to get those campgrounds filled and get fans back in the stands. Well, they need to go back to... I mean, I, I don't want to say they need to go back completely to what they used to do, but, I mean, we, we've we seen it before. I mean, I've seen it before going to they, – they've taken away a decent amount of stuff over the weekend, but I'm talking like, you know, they switched up things before. Like, you know, they used to have all the merchandise haulers, yep. and then they wanted to go with, like, that big um, – Fanatics tent. Yeah, the big Fanatics Which tent. Which is not a bad thing because Fanatics is a partner with the Unhinged Sports yeah. Network. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, I wasn't really a big fan of that at first. I wasn't a big fan of that. But no, when I, I saw it in person, it wasn't that No, wasn't I, I wasn't bad. a fan of that at, from, at all because I like the fact that you could go up and to – at the time, Dale Jr.'s hauler, and it was packed, and then you could go up to this, this and that. It wasn't a shopping experience. It was a racetrack experience. Right, right, right. And I, I don't think that, and NASCAR's gone away from that. They still have Fanatics tent, but it isn't like that. They still ha- they have a Hendrick hauler now, a Penske. It's more teams instead of drivers now. Yeah, when I went the last race, I can't remember the last race in person. I think it was Darlington, honestly, like. Two years ago, a year ago, I think it was. Was it the brand, uh, Eric Jones one? Yes, Eric yeah, Jones when was, he won. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was the last one I got to even attend. I don't even person, know how you live with going to that five long between races. Yeah, it's awful. But uh, yeah, when I remembered growing, I mean, I used to, I was going to Darlington when they were having two races a year. We were going both races a year. My parents used to have, we uh, like almost like season tickets kind of, right. you know. So Something we that always, I'm probably going to do this year with the yeah. doubleheader. So we Not were, doubleheader, but for two races in a year. <laughs> yeah, two races. I'm glad they have that, by the way. So growing up, the whole experience was there was a ton of those merchandise haulers. Right. The last time I went, it was, like you said, it's more of just teams instead of individual drivers now. And that takes away from the experience because you don't have a whole lot. It's Honestly, when I went last time, it felt really bare minimum. Yeah. Because it's not only that... Uh, NASCAR used to have, you know, the pre-race show, like NASCAR Race Day in person. Right. A lot of people love to go to that. They wanted to be on TV. Right. The hosts interact with everybody during commercial breaks and whatnot. That's another race day experience right there. Not anymore, obviously, because now they just do it from a TV studio in North Carolina. I think what I could say, instead of NASCAR needs to find a way to fill the stands, NASCAR needs to find a way to make fans come back to the racetrack. Right. Right. And maybe broaden that a little. But I like what you said. I think I'm going to change that. But, yeah, I mean, maybe lower the ticket prices. But I don't even think that's the issue because you could buy Darlington tickets for 60 bucks for decent seats. I bought Darlington tickets uh, three years ago. We bought them for 15 bucks. Right. So and you I can mean, almost see the entire track still. Yeah. So it, I don't think as much as ticket prices as much as you just need to find. You need, you need to make it enjoyable to go to the track. Have the full race weekend, camping, the whole nine yards. Right. But that's my that's my number five. Okay. So go ahead with your number two. 
Well, uh, the number two kind of tacks onto what you were talking about, and I it's I expect NASCAR to f- bring back practice this year. Yeah, we've and qualifying. Oh, <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me don't forget that one. We've definitely missed out on that last year. I know, I understand because of COVID and all that, but it really killed me thinking all season long that why isn't NASCAR practicing? Because they want to say it's because of COVID when Formula One is going uh, to different countries. Yeah. True. All over the place, and they're still holding all three practice sessions and qualifying in a race. No, you're right. 100% right. It's a three-day weekend, and NASCAR's over here saying, no, nah, we can't do practice and qualifying. We're going to, wherever you are in the standings, we're going to draw. And, like, it was always, like, the same people up front every single time. No, it was, yeah, and it 100%. Was, it just felt recycled after so long. and Yeah. Then they tried to change it up a couple of times where they said, oh, 1 through 12 will draw from here, and you get wherever 1 through 12, and then we'll go 13 through 24, and then draw from the standings there, and it's just like, ah, come on, man. No, you're one. Let's just do a right. full one through forty, and just everybody starts wherever you pick. No. But it was seemed like the same people were up front all the time, and yeah, it, it did. just I I I think NASCAR. I expect NASCAR to finally get it that like, hey, maybe we could bring practice back. Right. I don't know. I know some drivers would love to have practice. Kyle Busch. <laughs> I mean, but it's it's but that's part of it. Like what you said, if Co- if you know we can get past most of this COVID stuff and we can allow fans there all weekend long, I can guarantee you that fans will want to be there for practice and qualifying. I'm always there for practice and qualifying exactly. if I can be. It's a fun time. Yeah. Very so, fun time. That's what I expect. All right, I like right that. That's a very good one. Number four for me is let drivers police themselves. And I'm going to go into, and, and this is what I mean by that. And I think everybody wants to see the old beating and banging of NASCAR. We want to see that. That's why we go to the racetrack to see that good, awesome racing but what i've seen a lot in the past few years is when drivers get out of the cars and they're mad at each other they're going to go up to each other and talk to each other maybe sometimes a little more aggressive than others Mm -hmm. but then you always have team members and i get it you want to protect your driver You, you you have that team cohesion where you want to protect your driver but i don't like that let the drivers either talk it out or if they start going what Throwing fist, like hockey rules. Nobody interferes. First one that hits the ground fights over. <laughs> okay, now, I'm not, now I'm not saying to go to the point of head injuries or anything like that. You know, don't hurt. You don't want to kill the guy. You want to keep his livelihood. It's kind right. of like the code in hockey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, it just feels like in the past few years, it's like with the co- corporate with the sponsors that the cars have, the many sponsors that the cars have. And all this money coming into it, nobody wants to get their, you know, hands dirty. No. You know, gone are the days of beating and banging. And and I get it. The France family wants to protect NASCAR's image, and they want them to see it as a professional sport and not the wrestling sport. But I'm, I like that. When drivers get together and fight, fans, it shows passion. It shows passion. This year, I think it was Noah Gregson and who was it? Burden? Ooh. I, I think remember. it was Burden, one of the Burden brothers, who got into it after, I think, Kentucky or Kansas. I think it was one of those two. I think it was Kentucky. And Bob Podcrest gets on Twitter and says, oh, I wonder how, co- how, how NASCAR will handle this uh, because of the COVID violations. Yeah. And I said straight up, hey, who cares? I'm glad to see passion back in the Xfinity series. In which we got like thirty four likes. We've not, we don't get a lot of 
likes on Twitter, but we got 34 likes on that, which means people want to see the passion back in NASCAR that do whatever it takes to win, and if you lose, you're mad. And that's why I respect Kyle Busch. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like losing. No. He reminds me of Tony Stewart. Right. A little more rough around the edges, Tony Stewart. But remember Tony Stewart when he was mad at the world? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Kyle Busch has, I think, hit that pinnacle, and now he's coming back down. He's still passionate. People don't like that. But he'll be appreciated once he retires. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I want to see drivers place themselves, no team members. I'm not saying fight, but if there is a fight, because it happens, you know, let them fight. It kind I of, want to see the passion back. Like you said, <laughs> I want to see the passion back in the sport. I don't want them to think, oh, maybe Bass Pro Shop won't like me doing this. If I was the Bass Pro Shop owner and my driver isn't passionate like that, I might go to another driver who is passionate about right. that. <laughs> That's my whole thing. And if and I think it's tough to tell people who put millions of dollars in their name and on there and on brand associated with that because you put M&Ms on there and then you got Kyle Busch flipping off the – Texas officials of like in 2012. Yeah, that doesn't look good. But at the same time, hey, that's how he feels at the moment. Yeah, it's and racing. guess what? I still eat M&Ms. Mm -hmm. Who cares? And I still like, I, I like Kyle Busch. I might bash him sometimes, but I like him. And I like the passion he has. So your rebuttal on that or your your thoughts on that. No, I, I, I agree. What uh, <laughs> something I found funny about that was. When you said that Bob Proctor has talked about, oh, I wonder what they're going to do about the COVID yeah, that's thing. That's the first thing he talked about. Well, here's the thing. He should have he shouldn't have even said anything because we all know that the drivers get tested before the weekend even starts. So everybody is clean there. Who cares if they're getting in each other's faces? It's an it's because they want to yeah, show an image for the world because the world thinks that social distancing is the way to go. And I understand. I'm not trying to get into that, but I'm just saying they get tested before the weekend. Nobody there's no like Come on, stop it. Stop trying to bring poli outside politics into it. I mean, it's not politics. It's my guidelines. But, but still, at the same time, I mean, my goodness, Bob, get, shut up and yeah, enjoy what just happened out and, there. Yeah, we're getting to see what we used to see. Heck, like that one time at Charlotte when Brad Keselowski was trying to wreck Denny Hamlin, and then he ran into the back of Tony Stewart on oh, the yeah. road. So Stewart backed into him, and then Keselowski was doing burnouts in the garage area, and then Matt Kenseth showed up to put him in a headlock, and it was like – Everybody was just loving it because it was just mass chaos everywhere. Or, or <laughs> at Richmond where Marcus Ambrose punched Ty Dillon in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just punched him in the face. Or, as we all remember, Texas when Jeff Burton accidentally wrecked Jeff Gordon and Gordon was walking oh. down the back stretch and I was like, oh, he's going to give him a stern talking to. And then he threw punches and everybody was just like, what? But the fans loved it at the yeah. same time. They were like, yeah. And I guarantee so. you people after the race said, give me a Jeff Gordon hat. If that isn't good for it, oh, come on, NASCAR. Yeah. Let the drivers deal with it. And quit, and have the officials stand in there kind of like the refs. If the fight's already going on, let it go on. Yeah. But if if they're if you could stop it, I mean, the line judges do it usually. Okay, stop, stop. Not yet. Right. It's usually on the face off. But this isn't a hockey show. This is a racing show, and we'll get. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just, I'm I mean, just saying. Like, I want to see the passion back. I guess I could I, rephrase that as I want to see more passion back in the drivers. Well, yeah. It it also goes along with what putting people in the stands would probably say with that expectation because like at Darlington years ago when. Uh, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick got into it, and Harvick 
was trying to chase him down after the race, and then he reached through the window and punched him. That was on the ticket for the next year. It and, was right there. And Cowboys posted the car. Yeah, people were oh like, I'm gosh. going to this race next year. And sure enough, when the tickets came out and were printed, boom, there it is, Kevin Harvick trying to get That's right. And I was just like, yes. That's right. I think <laughs> so, a lot of these, like you said, can intertwine with each other. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my thought on that. Instead of let the drivers police themselves, I want to see the passion back in the drivers. I want to see passion and that burning desire because there are thousands of more people who would give anything to be in their seat. Mm-hmm. And they Absolutely. got the dream job. They don't. There's not nothing much. Not a lot is asked for them. Get in the car, go fast, turn left, sometimes right, and win. And give it all. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you can't do that, well, we'll find someone else who can. All right. Number three for you, Preston. Uh, it it kind of goes back to the whole Hendrick Motorsports thing, honestly. Okay. I uh, I have this one that has to do with Chase Elliott. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I expect him to be competing for another championship again. That's more, I, of, that's more of a prediction yeah, than so, it is an expectation. But I hear what you're saying. You expect Hendrick to come out and right. continue their dominance of the sport, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. So... I don't really have too many ex- expectations from NASCAR because I could drop a whole list of things, honestly. Well, you know, when I critiquing them, yeah, just expecta- expectations for yeah, this exactly. season. So, and I bet, I bet your Formula One list is a lot longer. Just going to say that. It kind of has to do. Well, yeah, it's kind of like predictions slash expectations. Yeah, okay. <laughs> predictions is a later show, man. Spurring we'll, <laughs> up all of our off-season content like that. Okay, my number three, and I think you'll appreciate this. My number three is, I hope the amount of road courses and Bristol dirt races is not an attempt to manufacture good, good racing from NASCAR. And here's, here's, my, here's my thing on this. We have now in this season seven road courses scheduled, including the, Daytona, or the Bush class at Daytona. I don't want to overload on road courses. I like the oval tracks. Road coursing, I, I've said it before on this show. At Watkins Glen, you just, they went by and you watched it on a big screen. Then they came by again, you saw a few pit stops, and that was it. It just, it was fun. It was a good experience, historic track, but it wasn't, I saw everything happening. I didn't see racing. I just saw the cars come by, whatever. I do not want the dirt race to just be a, let's throw a steel cage in the ring and see what happens. Kind of like a wrestling analogy we'll have to wait and see if they told if the road courses work out now and i'll get more into this great if every if fans are in the stands because of that great i like that if the Daytona, if the bristol dirt race is sold out great they're doing their job but don't expect to put dirt on charlotte don't expect to put dirt on everything this is or martinsville let's say or richmond I don't want to send the seat, try to manufacture good racing for the sake of, let's try this and see what will happen. Right. And that's my big worry about those things. Do I hope they will all succeed? Yeah. I'll accept one. The Indianapolis road course. Why would they take away the oval for that and replace it with the Indianapolis road course? Again, I went there for the 2004 Formula One Grand Prix. Coming out of turn 11, turn 12, whatever it is, down the front stretch. That is all the race I saw. Mm. That is the whole race. Zoom. That was it. Sounds like NASCAR is trying to get new fans. 
don't sacrifice. <laughs> and Steve Phelps said it on the Dale Jr. download when he was on there. We sacrificed 10 fans for one new one. This is what I have a feeling they're doing. If they want to fill the seats, keep it simple, maybe bring back short track racing. Right. Don't do road courses. And for goodness sake, do Bristol Dirt once and say, we tried. That was it. I don't want to see that again. What if it is successful if enough su- that they say, hey, we'll do it again? I don't know. I want to go there. I don't want it to fail. I've said it before in the show. I don't want it to fail. But at the same time, I don't I don't want them to try to manufacture manufacture good racing or manufacture these events in order to try to attempt to make good racing. I want it organically. We've talked about that on the show before. We want organic good racing. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the passion. And that goes back to having fans in the stands, putting on a show. And I just don't think that's the way to do it. Seven road courses. I like two. But that's just me. I could do with three. I could do with three. Or, okay, three. Yeah, with the usually it's Walking Glen, Sonoma, and the Roval. Right. And the Roval was great. That was a great innovation to try to do something new. And now, it works and, because and, and you I can want, see most of the track. Yeah, and that, that road course works. Now, I'm not saying make Texas into a road course. I'm not saying make Kansas into a road course. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Because I think what Charlotte has there is so unique and so special that, I mean, Daytona had it because of sports car racing and the 24 hours race and the Le Mans race and all that stuff. Le Mans, Le Mans race. I said Le Mans. <laughs> but you can't do that to every track. And I just feel like they're trying to manufacture stuff. And I went to the first Roval. Loved it. It was perfect because it was the good racing at the end. Third place driver ended up winning. Mm-hmm. And it was just so great. Historical. I love the fact that I have an inaugural race on that ticket and was there. But I don't want NASCAR doing that to every track and trying to oversaturate it with this type of racing when fans, I think, would rather see the Rockingham's come back and take a race from Texas and put it there. Stuff like that. Keep Try to bring it back more south, but I get it. People, not not all the NASCAR fans live in the South, but I'm rambling. Your, your thoughts <laughs> okay. on your thoughts on that? No, I you uh, you hit it nail in the head. I just I don't know. It seems like too many road courses. Seven. This is I don't know. Like I like I get it. Like it's cool to see that we're going to have more road courses, so we get to see more. Maybe we can see some more skills out of some drivers, but I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Chase, Chase Elliott has been dominating lately on road courses if, if anyways. Road, if Chase Elliott wins all seven road courses, I'm going to be extremely mad. Yeah. Which, now, now, that's just far-fetched because there were a lot of good road course racers out right. there. But Chase Elliott, every time he goes to a road course now, oh, he, he he's loving it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that will happen in 2021 because just because you won the championship last year doesn't mean you won't win it this year. Well, we've seen, seen Hendrick do it before a lot with Jimmy Johnson. Just saying. Well, it kind of it kind of brings me to uh, another expectation that I just thought of, and I expect <laughs> it's almost like wishful thinking at this point, but I expect not one driver to dominate almost completely the entire season. We saw it with two different drivers last year, yeah, Kevin Harvick and Hamlin, and none of them won the championship. Right. I kind of I'm expecting and hoping that it's a little bit more spread out this time around. We'll see, though. Yeah, we will, but. That's what I'm expecting, and hope, well, I guess you could say hoping at the same time. 
but all right, I like that. I guess I could probably use I mean, that for the next gen card that, as well. That's next a definite year. expectation. It's like I don't want to see one team dominate. No, I, I, I could say the same thing about Formula One and Mercedes not dominating, but man, exactly. <laughs> All right, do you have any more? I do not. Okay, well, this is my number two, and and this is a big one for me because I've I've been became a fan of the sport in two thousand one and started following it more and the more. I follow that the more I notice this trend and the more I don't like it. I don't want to see any more cup drivers competing in Xfinity or truck races. Mm. And here's the reason why I say that. Well, actually, better yet, back in 2005, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. NASCAR on FX interviewed Terry Bradshaw, who at the time was an owner in NASCAR, and he had this to say about it, and he says it way better than I could. So I'm going to let Terry Bradshaw from 2005 tell you what I feel is more pertinent now than ever. Terry, you and I were just talking. You have some strong feelings about these cup guys coming over right. here and racing in the Bush Series. Right. I, I, you know what? If The way I look at it, and it's a long discussion here, and this is just, I'm just going to dip it off for you a little bit. It's not, as that number one is that this is not a place for the cup guys to be. This is, this is basically why I look at Bush racing, a tra- training ground for the future stars of cup. If the cup guys do, in fact, though, want to come over to the Bush Series, which, by the way, Bush anheuser Bush, but it's also, in my opinion, it's AAA racing. We're building, we're building teams, we're building owners, we're building drivers, we're building stars. If the Cup drives guys want to come over and race 35 races with us, then fine. If they just want to come over and grab some money and then get used to the track because of the impoundment issues, then I say no. I don't believe they ought to be getting our money. We've got young kids here. We've got teams that are out there trying to keep sponsors. I'm even racing a cup guy in my series because my sponsor is tired of seeing the cup guys up front. I'm being forced as an owner to do things that I don't want to do. That was not my intention. But we need to keep our points and we need to keep our money. And if they want to race all 35, that's a whole different story. Now, after that happened, and that was 2005, mind you, Drivers who participate, cup drivers who participate in cup and Xfinity or truck and Xfinity races don't get points. However, Kyle Busch going down to the truck series, winning stage one, stage two, and then winning the race takes away, what, 63 points away from a driver? Because they don't count that. Yeah, they, they, yeah, if he wins a stage, he doesn't get the 10 points, but, but the second, second place, place still gets, gets, still gets nine. nine. Yeah. And Terry brings up a lot of good points. Because if I was a team owner in NASCAR, 
especially probably in the truck or Xfinity series. And they came down and cup drivers come down, came down mainly the Kislowski's have done it. Logano's have done it. Kevin Harvick definitely has done it. Kyle Busch is a big one. And, and dominate. Well, who are they focused on? They're focused on Kyle Busch dominating. If you're a Kyle right. Busch fan, you're loving it. I'm a, I'm more, I like Keselowski, but I don't want to see him racing the Xfinity Series. He's been there, done that. Mm-hmm. He's a Cup Series champion. Kyle Busch is a two-time Cup Series champion. They don't need to do that. It's the equivalent of... Who's the big-name quarterback in football right now? Uh, well, Tom Brady's still kind Tom of... Tom Brady. Big okay, name. Tom Brady. Okay, that's the only <laughs> that's one the I That's the only could, one that can come to that's mind the at one, the moment. Yeah, me, me too. Okay, <laughs> so that's like Tom Brady going down to the University of Clemson or the University of South Carolina and just running circles around these guys. It's not fun. That's not what you pay for. You pay to watch major leaguers and pro players play pro ball, baseball, football, whatever. And or Okay, it's like Alexander Ovechkin going down to the Stingrays. That's even better. He would skate circles around those guys. Yes. Yes, it he would. would. Be, it would be horrible. Mm-hmm. It would be no fun to watch. Even if you were a Stingrays fan, you'd probably love it at first, but then you just, this is ridiculous. I want to see players develop. Like Terry said, this is a developmental league. This is the triple A talking Xfinity of the Cup Series. These are the future stars. Names are made here. Right. No, they're not. Kyle Busch comes here and dominates it. And whatever. But then... On top of that, after Terry gave that spiel, Larry McReynolds, Jeff, Mike Joy, and uh, Daryl Waltrip, thank you, said had this rebuttal to it. And I want you to hear it because there are some things I agree with and some things I don't. But this is what I this is what they had to say after Terry Bradshaw gave his spiel about that. But I am sympathetic for Terry. I totally understand and I do agree that cup guys should not get bush points. They should not get any points. It should be whoever's in the Bush series, whoever finishes the in the order they get the points. The money thing, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And also, the fans come to see a good race, and they come to see the Cup guys mix it up with the Bush guys. So I, we've had this argument for years. Uh, I don't really know what the solution is. I heard a lot of complaining there. What's the solution? Well, I'm glad I heard Terry document he had a Nextel Cup driver driving one of his cars because I'm sitting up here the whole time he's talking in the beginning. I'm going, wait a minute, Sterling Marlin's driving one of your cars. But I really, I've never heard a lot of the Bush Series drivers complain about those guys because I agree with Jamie McMurray. What a better way to learn the sport than be out there racing with the best. And let's face it, it's a business. And you know what? We're going to have more viewers. We're going to have more people in the stands when the next Dell Cup guys are here. But the month of June, it's standalone Bush races. These guys will get to race amongst each other by themselves. And that wasn't, that wasn't a driver complaining. No, right. It was the owner. <laughs> well, it's not like it used to be, where the promoters needed some cup drivers in the field to ensure a good crowd. But those days are past. This series stands very well on its own with its own regulars. But the Bush drivers will tell you, if you beat the cup guys, you've beaten the best. And what they forget to add on to the end is, when I beat them, then I can get a cup ride. And that's really what they want. And as for the money, just to clarify, there are some of the Bush series car owner plans that uh, last time I got to see the rule book the the cup drivers weren't eligible for some of that money out of everybody daryl walter labor McReynolds, who i've watched from day one until daryl walter retired a couple years ago mike joy still does it i agree with mike joy the xfinity series can stand on its own the truck series can stand on its own that goes back to reasons three four 
and five that I have, let the drivers be passionate about it, and that will lead to seats being filled for the Xfinity and truck races and no gimmicks. Mm -hmm. You don't need to bring Kyle Busch in and say, hey, Kyle Busch is racing the truck race. Oh, I'll go watch it now. If you're a fan of NASCAR or any sport, you go to a Formula One race, you won't see Lewis Hamilton race Formula Two. No. And even if he did, what are you doing? Exactly. You don't need to do that. And that's one big, that's one, that should be number one for me, but that is my number two expectation. I don't want to see that. And my solution is simple. No five race limit, no 10 race limit, no race limits. If you're in the Cup Series competing full-time for Cup Series points, you will not race in lower series. You can own teams. Kyle Busch Motorsports has a truck team. Joe Gibbs has Xfinity teams, which are pretty much pipelines to his Cup Series teams. But no, you do not need Cup drivers bringing in fans and help that series out. Mm-hmm. And if you do, again, let the drivers be passionate. No more Bob Crockett saying, oh, I think it's COVID policy to not have these drivers show passion. Yeah, whatever. And feel the stands without gimmicks and manufacturing the race. That's that's what I have to say about that. Preston. I understand that they're I mean, I, I asked the question before on a break, local radio station uh, afternoon drive on the sports channel. They were talking about NASCAR, and I said, you know, I'm tired of seeing Kyle Busch racing in the Xfinity Series, and, you know, it, it comes down to sponsorship. Sponsors like to see so their drivers sometimes come down and race in lower series. And, yeah, that's a whole other thing, and I understand that too. I kind of agree with you. I w- would rather them just not in general. If right. they did... Like like you said, you know, if you know Kyle Busch racing truck series takes away points, if he wins the stage, the second place driver only gets nine points. Well, if that's the case, if they're going to race, the second place driver should get ten points. No, no, no. You keep the points out as it is and not let Kyle Busch race. Well, that, I'm saying that too, but I'm saying if they are going to let him, they need to change the points then to let those people earn what they deserve. Right. But it's well, I, I see your point, but I don't. But agree. I understand what you're saying, and I, I get it too. They don't need to be racing there. Those series need to be making their own names just right. like i say sit here and say most of the time i enjoy watching the truck series more than i do the cup series if you let these series do what they need to do on their own and not have other people coming up and down you will they will get fans like i said i like to watch the truck series more than i do the cup series sometimes and i'm not saying drivers going up is a bad thing brandon Poole raced in the truck series race at daytona last year as well as the cup series race mm-hmm. i don't mind drivers going up i mind drivers coming down right like the truck series without cup regulars, Kyle Busch, in quotations, <laughs> or even it's Chase exciting. Elliott, or even Chase Elliott. Yeah, it's exciting without those guys. I'm and, telling and you. It goes back to Atlanta this year, where Kevin Harvick put that bounty out for Kyle Busch, and Chase Elliott went out there and dominated and won the bounty. Yeah, it isn't fun. That's manufactured. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. It's bogus to me, and I don't like it. I like I said, you know, like you said too. If we didn't have drivers in it, I think, I mean, barring the whole money situation right now, those series could do wonders. No, they could. The Xfinity series used to do wonders, even though they had cup regulars in there, but still, that was then. But like I said, these series can do well on their own. I know they can. I love watching the truck series without Kyle Busch in it. Fantastic. You get great racing, night racing half the time, because that's what a lot of truck series racing is. Come on. 
I know there are people that are passionate about. I know NASCAR fans would love. Wouldn't it be cool if we got to a time in NASCAR where you had fans of just a truck series, and then they say, "Oh, I don't like to watch the Cup Series." Boy, we could have interlocking. How right. about that? It How would, cool would that be? It would be like wrestling in Raw, SmackDown, and ECW exactly. back in the day. So again, don't manufacture it. <laughs> don't make it a wrestling event. That's that's my number two. That's a big one for me. But my number one thing, and I think you and I could both agree on this: twenty twenty. As bad as it was, bought NASCAR time to perfect the Gen Seven car. They it really did. We didn't. I, I didn't like seeing charters fold. No, Levine Family no. Racing was an awesome stable for Joe Gibbs. And let's all call a spade a spade. It was a Joe Gibbs team. Oh yeah, absolutely. Satellite. They could put in quotations. Satellite. They could say team satellite team all, all they want. Long. It was Joe Gibbs Racing. <laughs> I loved that. The delay of this, those sacrifice them could be beneficial in the long run for NASCAR if they work out and fine-tune the Gen 7 car. Make it the way the drivers want to race. Make it good. Aero package. Do the engineers do your thing. But this bought them the mulligan to make it better and make it right for 2020. And in that way, we can have races without dirt tracks, without gimmicks. Right. Go out there and race. And you will fill the stands and you will show the passion, and you will have drivers doing what drivers do. And that's not be a billboard and a walking commercial. That's being a race car driver. And that's what I think this is doing. This is the, sh- this is the silver lining of 2020. The delay of the Gen 7 car, make it right for 2022 NASCAR. <laughs> and that is my NASCAR expectations. Now we get into your realm. Formula 1. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of my big ones right here and I I I'm ex- I expect with what Red Bull has done now, I expect them to give Mercedes a challenge for this upcoming season. That's my number one thing. I am expecting that Mercedes is not going to be so dominant this year. Okay. Which is very very big expectation i know it is and if it does if it happens like that and mercedes does not dominate this year i need to freaking play the lottery that's right because <laughs> wow <laughs> looking at it like this mercedes had 573 points in the constructors championship they ran away with the championship oh yeah dominated hands, hands down ran Red away Bull with had it. 319 that's way back there yeah that's not <laughs> so, even in the same area code <laughs> exactly so i expect for, I expect Mercedes to not be so dominant this year. And I am it's wishful thinking, but next week I'll probably touch on it more because I I saw something where they're changing some rules packages coming up for the new season and it looks kind of interesting. Right. And I think it could change some things around. We shall see. We shall see. My my number five is this, and it's an expectation for a driver coming into Haas. Mick Schumacher. Will he do well in Haas in twenty twenty one? Now, Haas didn't have a stellar season this season. Something happened to them between 2019 and 2020 where they just flipped mm-hmm. 180 and just went the wrong way. But is this good new blood coming in to Haas? Son of Michael Schumacher. Now, I'm not saying let's put this guy up against Michael Schumacher right now because it's very rare unless you're a Chase Elliott and you join the best team in the NASCAR by far and going up to the top to compare father and son. 
Dell Jr. didn't live up to Dale Earnhardt's expectations. Kyle Petty didn't live up to Richard Petty's expectations. Davey Allison, I think, could have lived up, but we lost him too soon. Yeah. But I, I, I think I'm watching, I'm looking out for this Mick Schumacher and going to see what he's going to do in 2021 because it's going to be interesting to see. And yeah, he's in a Haas, but we shall see. I mean, but hey, Mick, new blood at Haas could really turn, th- maybe the team turns hopefully, around. Hopefully. Maybe they're all, the whole team is feeling rejuvenated now. I'm not saying that Grosjean or Magnuson was awful, but maybe two new drivers, maybe they can get some life in there. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. You're right. All right. Next one for you. I'm going with I'm going with a driver here. Okay. Sergio Perez. And I'm expecting him to do a little bit better than what he did at Racing Point. Now Aston Martin. <laughs> it's the things that are going on with that whole thing right now. I expect him, he finished the top five points. I expect him to get at least a win with Red Bull. I think okay. this is his chance to really show. Now, Red Bull is kind of iffy there. And we, and you know, I'll get into that when we get down here oh, okay. to another one in a second. But Red Bull's a little iffy at the moment. But I'm expecting Sergio Perez to get a win. I expect him to prove that he is still. A top driver because right. you know, like people, we didn't know if he was going to even get a ride for this upcoming year, and I guess some people probably started to cast him out at that point. I expect him to do well this year, a little bit better than what he did this year. Okay, so we'll see. Okay, my next one is kind of going off of yours and the first one you mentioned about Mercedes. Does anybody have anything for Mercedes? And I'm not looking at Red Bull. I'm looking at Racing Point and McLaren. These guys have got some steam coming out of 2020 and going into 2021. And I think with their positions in the Constructors' Championship and Claren third, they couldn't get out of Q1 a few years ago. Yeah. And now they're third in the Constructors' Championship. They got Ricardo coming on. I think McLaren or Racing Point with Vettel and that new blood goes after Mercedes, bypasses Red Bull, and does it more of a prediction, but that's my expectation of these two teams and the way they ran in 2020. In the curveball everybody has thrown, they came up to the top and challenged Mercedes and Red Bull, the two dominant teams in Formula One right now. Watch out for McLaren and Racing Point, or at least I'm going to be watching out for McLaren and Racing Point next season. I, I agree with you there. That was actually one of mine. I had McLaren there. I'm expecting McLaren to really... They upped their game this year, and I think they they're did. gonna. I think they're ready to up their game to coming up now, for sure. I think they. I think they'll be a threat for. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mercedes. All right, next one. But to add on, after that, okay. I'm ex. I, this this is something totally I just came up with not long ago, but I'm ex. I expect Formula One to it to get a full season, if not close enough full season because after talking about with australia now i still expect f1 to do the best they can to come up with a full-on schedule even though the third or the fourth race they still didn't have a track for yet yep yep because they removed vietnam from the schedule and and that goes along with my third one will formula one have a full race season we already know australia is most likely going to be postponed yeah if not canceled entirely again 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Netherlands. We were expecting to see that last year. It's been pushed back to this year. Vietnam, like you said, got taken off the schedule. I don't think we're going to see Vietnam for at least two more years, if, if, if not ever. Saudi Arabia is on there now. A lot of new tracks coming up. Will we see them all? I hope. If not, that would be disappointing for me. But will Formula 1 get a full schedule? We'll just have to wait and see on that. We're just still fluid in this whole thing. And it's up to the countries, the host countries for that. But I'd love to see them back in the United States. Yeah, I'd love to see them in Canada, Brazil, Monaco. That's a big one. I'd love to see that. And it would be disappointing for me if we don't. Yeah, I would be highly disappointed as well. All right. Well, since we ran kind of two for one there, kind of saying the same thing, here's my number two expectation. Will Ferrari and Red Bull do better in 2021? I want them to. Run with McLaren and Mercedes. The enemy and my enemy is my friend. And go after Mercedes. All these teams going after Mercedes. And that's what everybody's going after. But now Red Bull is a falling star. We saw the gap. Not... Not very many high points to talk about no. in Red Bull's 2020 campaign. Ferrari is a lead brick sinking in the ocean, in my opinion. It's sinking. and is They got to figure something out there. But now with Ferrari, with Carlos Sainz, and Red Bull with Sergio Perez, is that the new blood they need? Is that the equivalent to Mick Schumacher coming in to Haas? Is that going to rejuvenate the team? Is that going to motivate the team? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I want them to do well, and I expect them to do well, hence the reason why they're on my expectations list, because they're such a staple in Formula 1 right now. But be careful, because McLaren and Racing Point are coming, Mm -hmm. and they will dethrone you, and they will move you back. And I'd hate to see that with Ferrari and Red Bull, but I I expect them to do well. But will they do better? I doubt it. Yeah, that was uh, one of my other expectations. It had to do with Ferrari, and I was expecting, I'm expecting this year Ferrari to turn things around. But the real, the question I have too is, if Ferrari doesn't really turn it around, will there be changes, not as drivers, but as the team in general? Do you think changes come after the season if things don't get turned? I around? I think they need to change before the first Formula One race. Now, I guess in Bahrain. Before the lights out in Bahrain or free for free practice one, mm-hmm. they need to change it now. Okay, whatever they need to change, they need to change it now. Something needs to change. McLaren's doing great. Yeah, but number one, do you have a number one? I do not. Okay, well I do. And it's kind of a guess. It's kind of a prediction, and I hate to do this on an expectation show, but I got to know, and I expect. With even though I said this stuff all about Racing Point and McLaren. But I do expect Mercedes to continue their dominance. It's going to be tough to dethrone that one. And they're going after their eighth Constructors' Championship. And that's huge in, in Formula 1. And I don't think and I think they got too much steam. I don't think they can be beat. I, I dare say that's not really 
You're not really far off on that one. I don't think I am either. <laughs> I think that's a good expectation for everybody. Are they going to continue? Yeah, probably. Um. So before we move on away from Formula One, anyways, I saw something last night, and apparently Lewis Hamilton still doesn't have a contract yet. Ooh. He's apparently okay. he's asking for too much right now. Well, then I'm going to expect Lewis Hamilton to be re-signed with with Mercedes because go. there's no way they're going to get rid of. Well, I don't, no, 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 no. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave a little cliffhanger here, and if a couple of weeks we're going to have our expectation or our prediction show, we'll wait and see then because I guarantee you, you throw anybody into that Mercedes seat. George Russell almost won Bahrain. You throw anybody in there, they're going to be competitive with that car. Yeah. Lewis I, Hamilton may be asking too much because he thinks he, he's the one driving the car and doing well. No, it's the car, dude. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was funny because I saw this, this uh, meme page I'm a part of on Facebook and they were talking about Lewis Hamilton not having a contract. And I was like, this has got to be like false or something. And sure enough, I went and looked it up and apparently he just, they have not come to terms with a contract yet. Cause apparently he's asking for a little too much right now. And I was like, again, wow. a trained monkey could drive that car <laughs> just like Lewis Hamilton does. I was no, like, wow, yourself a little Lewis. <laughs> so. All right. so that was formula one. Now we get into IndyCar. car. Now I got two, I got two expectations here and I don't know if you have any, and if not, I'll speak for you. Cause I think we have the same ones. Yeah. I didn't really. Okay. I want to see, for one, I expect Jimmy Johnson to be somewhat competitive. Jimmy Johnson's coming into this from NASCAR, going to bring over a lot of fans, a lot of publicity, a lot of coverage. I want to see him do well. That's a good one. And I want, and, I, and Jimmy Johnson's the only driver in my history of racing, watching it since 2001, that I followed since rookie season to retirement and seen him accomplish so much. Seven time champion. Going now to an Indy car, which we talked about last week with Connor, very tough to drive, very tough to learn. And I want Jimmy Johnson to do well. I want him to succeed. I want to see him do well in there. I'll buy Jimmy Johnson Indy car gear. I, I love watching Jimmy Johnson. He's one of my favorite drivers ever. And seeing him go there so only motivates me to watch the sport. And on top of that, I want to learn the sport more. I want to know, I want to cover Indy car racing on this show better for all the IndyCar fans out there because it is a fun sport to watch. It is a fun sport to be a part of as far as at the track. And I want to know it more. That's what I have on IndyCar, just those two things. Okay. I, you, yeah, you kind of do speak for both of us. Right. As far as, I mean, I do expect Jimmy Johnson to do well. Right. We'll see how he adapts to everything but like you said I, I definitely the sport i need to look into more which i've started to do yep because i'm I, like you said i want to be able to cover that as well and it just is exciting to learn about a new sport in general yeah, like a is. new form of racing right so how cool would it be to cover nascar formula one and indycar that's, that's just three different forms of racing that's right, right. There. that's why we need an indycar guy we're trying we're trying we're trying very hard, but we don't we don't necessarily need him. I think we do well, just you and I. But a third guy in here will make it more fun. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Well, you have anything else before we uh, go on to our final thoughts here? Uh, no, I don't think I do. All right, man. Well, if you don't have anything else, we're going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts, but not before an ad read from Fanatics and a few show plugs from the Unhint Sports Network. This is in the Marlins, and we'll be right back with our final thoughts.
All right, Preston, before I wanted to get into our next segment here, I wanted to remind all the fans out there listening on your regular podcast platform or on the Unhinged Sports Network about our partnership with Fanatics, where you could get all your sports gears needs ready for the 2021 season for maybe NASCAR and buying some NASCAR t-shirts, hats, and getting ready to go to Daytona and support the teams there and support NASCAR. But not only just NASCAR, you could get any hockey stuff. I get Washington Capitals gear there all the time. I get. Uh, I just ordered some more Vegas stuff off oh, of there. See, you could get anything you need for any team that you want on fanatics.com. If you head over to our partners tab on, at inthemarbles.net, all the way at the bottom, you will see a link to our Fanatics page, and it'll start you off at NASCAR, but then you could branch off and go anywhere you want. That's inthemarbles.net under the partners page for Fanatics and Anything will help out the Unhinged Sports Network. And if you want to listen to the Unhinged Sports Network, you can head over to unhingedsn.com or just click under the Unhinged tab at indomarbles.net and click on the link and it'll take you right there. That's unhingedsn.com. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts of the show, our 68th episode of In the Marbles. Thank you all who listen to this show and support us, whether it's just through following us and liking us on all social media, watching our YouTube. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, just wanted to thank you guys again before we get into this uh, final thoughts segment. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. We're going to start off with our driver of the week, though. Our driver of the week this week of here at In the Marbles is Robert Presley. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's a name you haven't heard of no. in a long time. But he was born in Asheville, North Carolina, April 8th, 1959, and... Little known fact about him, in 1992, he led the Bush Series in wins. Wow. Yeah, he had a very okay. stellar Bush and Truck Series career. It's very interesting. But his Cup Series, hit or miss. I would say more miss. Mm. Poor guy. I mean, some drivers like Matt Crafton just thrive in the Truck Series. Yep. Johnny Sauter thrives in the Truck Series. Whereas drivers who didn't do so well in the Truck Series get up to cup and dominate see that's what makes it so that's what makes each series unique that's right what there. makes every series unique and i can't wait to go to daytona and watch all three of them it's gonna be a lot of fun but his truck his cup series stats go like this 20 starts in nine nine years so he was kind of polka dotted around there that didn't really run his first race was a 94 daytona 500 and his last race was the 2002 daytona 500 which pop quiz who won the poll for that race the 2002 daytona 500 right Jimmy Johnson. It's okay. It's okay. First rookie in, a, I think, ever to win the poll. I'll get back on that with you and that before we get into our Daytona show. But, yeah, 2002 Daytona 500 was his last race in the Cup Series. Now, in his Xfinity Series, he just raced the Bush Series at the time. He ran 244 races over 12 years. His first race came in, in, came in the 1983 Miller Time 300 in Charlotte and last race in the 2005 O'Reilly Challenge in Texas. First win, 1989, Texas Pete 200 in Ridgemont, North Carolina. His last win came in the 93 Chevy, North, Northeast Chevy 200, I should say, in New Hampshire. 10 wins, 76 top 10s, and 6 bowls. Did extremely well in the Xfinity Series. His best series stats as far in any of the series. Truck Series stats go like this. 69 races over three years. So, again, I think he just ran three full-time years. Mm -hmm. First race coming in the 2002 Florida Dodge Dealers 250 in Daytona. His last race came in the 2005 Ford 200 at Homestead. First win came in his first start. The 2002 Florida Dodge Dealers 250 at Daytona. 
So way to start off with a bang. And last win came in the 2002 Michigan 200 at Michigan. So only two race two race wins in the truck series in 2002. 27 top 10s, zero pulls, and Robert Presley is your driver of the week this week here at In the Marbles. Now, I, I left it to you, Preston, to look up this week in NASCAR. You couldn't find that, but you did find something that was very interesting. And if we can't find anything from now on, as far as this week in NASCAR, we're going to go with crazy history and auto racing. I love history. And what better way to combine history and auto racing and into crazy moments in auto racing. What do you find for us, man? Crazy history in auto racing. The youngest starter in NASCAR's premier series. Okay. August the 1st of 1951, New Jersey driver Timmy Elliott. Well, could, wait, youngest driver? I mean, yeah. they're young and now. I mean, racing in like 18, so I'd say he was probably in 1951-16. Close. Close. <laughs> <laughs> so, it got it right here. New Jersey driver Timmy Elliott finished 15th in a 20-car field at the Albany Fairgrounds in New York. Elliott was 15 years, 7 months, and 5 days old at the time of this race. He had his learner's permit. <laughs> he didn't even have a driver's license. <laughs> Elliott ran 7 races from 1951 to 1958 and had 4 top 10s with a total winnings of $950, which I don't know what that would equate to. And these days, you know, these days. Wow. But 50, yeah, 15, 15 years 15 old. 15 years old. Timmy Elliott. I mean, 1951, that, yeah, I guess I could see I that. guess anything could go in 1950s. I mean, they yeah. like to do anything. Exactly. Hey, so Waivers, what? Man, <laughs> 15 years and seven months. Holy wow. God, what were you doing at 15 years old? Nothing really. No, just I wasn't either. <laughs> that's about yeah, it. I was in just high school and just school. like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Doing some sports after, that's about it. Learning how to drive there. <laughs> exactly. Not, not driving a race car. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. This is, And uh, this is a, a new addition to our final thoughts segment. This is really cool. I really like this. Um, There are a lot of tracks in NASCAR's history, not just NASCAR, IndyCar and Formula One's history, that are, they might still be open, but they, they've been forgotten in the world of auto racing and major auto racing and so this new segment in our final thoughts or this new addition i should say to our final thoughts is forgotten raceways in racing the name change might change down the line but forgotten raceways in history in racing orange county speedway is our first track that we're going to cover here now pop quiz give you five bucks if you can tell me where it's located orange county orange county raceway Speedway, I should Sounds say. like California. Yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would think, I would think, I would think California as well, man. Don't worry, or New York. But it's actually uh, the site of we just talked about it with uh, Robert Presley, Ridgemont. Oh, it's near Ridgemont. It's the Ridgemont okay. Raceway, a three-eighths mile oval asphalt oval, but it's also can be converted into a five-eighths dirt track. But that was from the years of 1967 through 1973, and it was repaved and reopened after it shut down there in 1973, repaved and reopened in, in 1983. Its slogan is the fastest 3 eighths miles track in America. Mm. I would love to go there. It's, not, it's right down the road, it seems like. 19 degrees in the banking and 16 degrees of banking in the straightaways, and it is still open. It actually reopened in 2000. It closed in 2006, but then new ownership came in. They had volunteers come in, revamping, and it is still open 
running late model races, street stocks, all the local short track racing you would love. Orange County Speedway does it in Ridgemont, North Carolina. NASCAR Bush Series ran there from 1983 to the 1994. Jack Ingram was the first race winner there in 1983 and had a total of five wins at Orange County Speedway. Oh, wow. And that is your first ever forgotten raceways in racing. Again, name might change. We're very fluid on that name change. Of In the Marbles and Preston, that'll do it for episode 68 of our show. I think it was a good one. I think next, and next week we'll do our predictions for NASCAR, the following week Formula One, the following week Indy. I think we get... We got a few more weeks in order to fill before on-track action starts, and then we can start getting into the weeds of racing and talking about this stuff. But, man, do you have anything else before we wrap it up here? No, I uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I always enjoy doing these yeah, shows. It was uh, it was good. I expect to hear some, hopefully, some opinions yeah. from fans. Yeah, there's the expectations. I want to. I want. I want to hear. I want to hear fan, hear fan opinions, man. Yo. It's, well, always, I, it's always nice to, if you get fan opinions and you know that people are really listening, listening and want to be involved in it, you know? Yeah, well, we're slowly getting there, man. Yeah. Slowly yet surely. At least we have people listening to the show. And it isn't just like, That's true. you know, mom and dad and That's very uncles true. listening to it. It's more than that. Yeah. It's more than that. We got, we, got, <laughs> we, got a good, we got a good little following, I dare say. But if you got nothing else before we leave, I want to thank our partners, Dr. Squats and Flag and Anthem, Stands Up to Cancer. Fanatics and Fubo for all they do for in the Marvels and for Fubo and Fanatics, the Unhinged Sports Network. Really appreciate that. And if Preston has nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much again for listening to us this week here at In the Marvels. Make sure to head over to InTheMarvels.net for links to all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure to go check out that YouTube if you want to. Instead of listening to the show, you can watch the show there. Like us on all social media platforms again, and make sure to, if you got a minute or two, go down to the whatever podcast platform you have and give us a rating and tell us how we're doing. For Preston Lude, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.